Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. Sean Dizzle. Mikey Hizzle. Man. What's up, bro? Happy recording day, brother. Happy recording day. And what a day it is. Indeed. For me. Indeed. Not for you. Not for me, but definitely for you. You're sitting up well, in like, how how much snow you got? Oh, it's only a couple inches of snow in Detroit right now, but it is, uh, it's been freezing rain for the last couple of days and brutal icy conditions everywhere it's a mess damn yeah, yeah why don't you go sucks. ahead and take a moment and, and brag about where you're at huh <laughs> go ahead I'm and piss off the Florida, world suffering mm. suffering Nothing. for jesus uh. in uh 70 degree weather with barely any humidity <laughs> on a beach day drinking with my boo-boo <laughs> uh, yeah lucky you lucky lucky you yeah man it's good to get away you know what i mean so we we like we're gonna i think we even said it on here about you know what are we doing for our anniversary we booked we booked this airbnb and uh saint augustine trip uh in february because that's just when time works best for us so here we are, man, and dude, I'm loving it. You know what I mean? Ba da ba ba ba. I know you are, as you should be. Uh, so happy anniversary to you guys, even though it's belated. But yeah, thanks. The trip is still worth it and on time and perfect. I'm, I'm quite jealous to be honest with you. So, yeah, well, uh, I was just trying to get you here, man. All you gotta do is fly here. We got the we got the spot. You know what I mean. <laughs> but anyway, it's cool too because <clears throat> sure it's our anniversary trip, but we're also like we stopped, so we drove and we stopped on the way. Saw our friend Chad in Atlanta and my friend sure. A Ron, who I haven't seen in a while, and uh, saw him and his new wife, and we all hung out and. Then we're going to shoot over to Tampa and see some family and friends. And, dude, it's just going to be a good trip. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So, also, uh, real quick, I just mm-hmm. want to to shout out our uh, president of the fan club, Laurel. She had a birthday. Yeah. And we missed it because we missed a weekend. But, you know, life happens. Get over it. <laughs> life Laurel, happens indeed. Happy birthday, salut, cheers. Salut. Slaliente. Nostrovia. Cheers. I'm running out of languages here. Uh, um, clink? <laughs> <laughs> uh, close enough. Close enough. Well, I, I appreciate the fact that uh, you were willing to take your recording equipment down to Florida with you. And uh, Well, I'm kind of running on bare minimum. I didn't bring the full setup because, you know, it's kind of a pain. But Yeah. But, uh, you know, still, I'm glad you, you at least brought something so that we could keep this ball rolling, even though you're uh, on your anniversary. I, I thought that you were, like, going to be in the, you know, Amidst a whole bunch of people, but that would be weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. So sure <laughs> we'll just leave it there. <laughs> sure, neither one of you want to share that much. No, no. But I mean, it will be good to uh, see you know family and friends, but we need some days to ourselves too. You know what I mean? Need some boo time. That's what you need. Some boo time. I got you. I feel you. I like it. Um, sweet man. So, well, I guess let's get to it then. 
that way uh, we don't <clears throat> take up too much of your time. I know you guys want to go land the sun and, uh, I don't know, catch a tan. I don't know. Catch what a do you tan. People do? We also want to just go see St. Augustine. and Dude, they have a brewery and a distillery here, so we're definitely going to go check those out. Good. Good. Well, yeah, man. Be what sure are, to what send are we talking me all, about? Be sure to send me all your Snapchats. Oh, for sure. Un- until I can't take it anymore and ask you to stop. Yeah, I want to rub that shit in your face. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, we wish you guys could be here. That would be cool. Yeah. For some, not all of it. You know, there's some things, activities that probably will definitely go on that you know we don't need anyone else to be here for but right the experience here would be cool to share with you well thank you for your consideration you're such a gentleman (laughs) anyway so uh i sent you this article um a while back i don't know it was we it was for our last recording but yeah that didn't happen but it was uh, it was an article I read on Facebook by not the best writer. I can't remember the person's name, but their writing kind of sucked. Uh, but they they talked about why black people are leaving white churches, and I thought it would be a cool conversation to explore with you. Me and the wife actually could have recorded a podcast for this week because we talked about it for about an hour. But dude, you should. Then we can put we can put them both out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Especially being done. the fact that you're an interracial marriage. You know what I mean? We are. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, <laughs> first off, I thought it was interesting. Like she, the the author was following around a few different black people from Texas, basically that uh, that ended up leaving their churches. And one thing I thought was interesting, I guess, to start off the conversation, and I want to get your opinion on this. I mean, I know you're not black, but you, you can still have an opinion. Um, for, for first of all, reasons why some black people were leaving to go to white churches, uh, the first one I thought was very, very interesting. There's act- actually some black people that feel like they are missionaries to white churches for the sake of integration. Can you believe that? Um, you know, I actually can. Really? Yeah, dude. I've been to a lot of churches. And most of them are almost all white. So I can, I can totally, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't take me off guard. I'll leave it at that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're not taken aback by it. I get that. I'm not taken aback by it. However, it's something I would have never thought to say or right. think that way, you know? Right, exactly. My, my point exactly. Like, I, I don't think that I would ever say God has called me to this white church so that I can be a force for integration, racial equality in the church kind of makes I, a lot just, of sense though does it kind of i, I mean know, dude. It, it, with the whole thing about like being a missionary and being called to a, a different culture i mean unfortunately race is a thing i don't agree with it because i think it's dumb as shit i agree but to ignore it and think that it's not a thing would also be dumb as shit because it is a thing. It's totally a thing. So it's kind of like, you know, like my, my friend A.A. Ron that we just hung out with a couple nights ago, he is a missionary and he feels called to Middle Eastern <clears throat> culture, right? Okay. As a white person. Okay. So, well, I mean, what's, I mean, I guess maybe in some instances, what's the difference between that and a black man feeling called to go into an all-white church 
and show them like, hey man, I'm a Christ follower. I love Jesus. I'm black. I'm not what you think. You know, like God can use me. <laughs> I don't know. Here's, I guess here's the difference. Here's the answer to your question. Okay. The difference is your buddy that is a missionary that is called to the Middle East isn't being called to Christians. He's being mm-hmm. called to non-Christians. And so to me, sure. it's just weird. It's weird that a black Christian would say, I'm being called to these white Christians so that I can help with integration. Like for me, I would think that as a missionary, you would, your time would be more value added. Nice. Your time would be more value added uh, going to non-Christians than to people that are Christians because they're already saved. They might be fucked up in the head or they may have some some weird belief systems or even some racist tendencies. Whatever. They could be completely racist. But they're already Christians. You know what I'm saying? To me, it's just like it's just like fishing in a in a fish tank instead of fishing in a pond. In the in the fish tank they're already caught. In the pond they're still They're they're not caught, caught as far as as what though? As, as I, in, I you're, wanna, you're already I a Christian. I almost wanna disagree with you a hundred percent. Just hundred percent? I think if you're a Christian and you can't love black people are you a Christian? Like, really? All right. I don't know. Okay. Maybe that's extreme. However, I do think, and I completely, like, dude, I'm on board with this this guy or whoever said that. Like, I, I can totally get behind it. And I think it's awesome because it, who else is going to do it? Some white person? Sure. I, I, I get that mindset. I get that thought process. It's just for me, I I guess I, I would think that there's a better use of time. Personally. There I, mean, I don't I don't I, yeah, I, don't I, know. I, I personally wouldn't leave my black church to go to a white church for the sake of helping them get over their racism. Personally. But if I I am a firm believer in that if this is what you say God is telling you to do, then who am I to say God didn't tell you to do it? Sure. How about that? I'll leave it there. You know, I won't argue with the guy and say, well, God would never call you to do something like that. Just in my opinion, I would say, dude, it's probably a waste of time. It's a long shot, and you'd be better off trying to convert some Muslims to Christianity than white Christians to actually drop their racism and love black people but what if this man or woman or couple is like what if they're the the spearhead the pioneers the, the moment or the people that actually penetrate this hardcore bubble of racism to Christian huh. people you know what I'm saying what if that starts this... Okay, so like churches are yep. communities, right? They should be. They're so supposed to be. People in that in this neighborhood, let's say, or circumference of 20 miles or less or whatever, they all meet in this one spot to worship their God and to fellowship and to, you know, be Christian, right? But if they're all racist and Christian... Are they ever going to change? But is Jesus racist? I think we can undoubtedly say, hell no. <laughs> so if, like, no. who's going to come into that community and just turn it upside down? Or even, even fail. Maybe he fails. But like, who else is going to come into that community and show, like, no, no, no. Jesus is not white, and he doesn't only love white people. Like, I'm black, 
I'm not your color. Screw the color. I'm not your color. But I'm Christian. Jesus died for me too. Let's coexist. And that, that starts to like change this culture in that community. And slowly and slowly and bigger and bigger, racism dies. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. I, I agree with you, bro, 100%. That That's all hypothetical. So, I mean, I could be I wrong am, and you could be right. Or I, we could both be right or we could both be wrong. I don't fucking know. But having brought that to my <laughs> attention, I actually think it's kind of cool. And I don't know if I would be strong enough to do it. Which yeah. is probably why I don't feel God calling me to do something like that. Yeah. Also, I'm white, so he's not going to call me to go to a white, you know, but. Yep. I understand what you're saying. <clears throat> I guess, too, uh, I'm from the standpoint of, you know, white people need to help each other when it comes down to overcoming these racist tendencies. Because when black yeah. people try to help them, <laughs> they, <laughs> they die. I know, well, and that is so dark. Like, That's so dark to think. in our nation, yeah. like, it took... I mean, do you remember... At least, I mean, we're not that old, so we didn't live through it, but... Like, my mom, she was a part of some of the first people in her high school to go to a mixed-race high school. And, like, that's crazy to think about now. You know what I mean? Even though racism is a thing. But, <clears throat> had someone not been the first black person or the first white person to go to an all-black or an all-white school, would we still be segregating our fucking teaching? There would still you know? be segregation. No doubt about it. Like, it has to start somewhere. So why it's can't that start happen? Somewhere. In churches, I guess. I don't know. Sure. It can happen in churches. It does happen in churches. I guess I mean, where I'm just think, hung up though, at. Church is the last place you would find that. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't think that. I think I mean, it's uh, the first place that you find that, it. You know. Yeah. I think it's exactly. the first place you find it. Brings us to another topic you wanted to talk about, I think. What's that? <clears throat> oh. Well, I guess yeah. it's the same topic, but... It's the same topic. I, I guess we can move on from that point. I, I just... I'll just end by saying that... I was taken aback. That the person said that... I, f I felt like God was calling me to be a missionary to this church to, to bring about change. I was taken aback by that. I was surprised by that. But it doesn't make it right or wrong. You know, and, and, and like I said, if, if you say that God has called you to do something or God told you to do something, I'm not God or anywhere close to God to be able to say he didn't tell you to do that. So I, I don't want to judge. I'm just taken aback by it personally. That's all. Yeah. Um, but the other reasons why people, uh, black people started leaving black churches to go to white churches is because, um, at least according to this article from the studies that they did, is that they were attracted to a different sound in music. They, they, wanted, they wanted something different. They were hearing something different that drew them. And that's something that, you know, I agree with that that happened with me. I mean, I grew up in a church where everything was on the organ and the piano and the piano and drums. And that was it. That's all we had. Organ, piano yeah. and drums, you know. But as I got older and my circle expanded. And I went to a white church and I saw a guitar and I saw a, a bass. I, I saw a violin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I saw them rocking out on, on a trumpet. I saw a saxophone. I saw a flute. You know, when I first moved away from the, from the church I grew up in, it was like a nine-piece orchestra up on the stage. There wasn't any room on the stage for singers because you had <laughs> so many people playing instruments. 
and it sounded amazing. You know, it was drums, piano, uh, um, a saxophone, a flute, a violin, bongos. Um, what else was there? I don't know. Whatever else they had. Uh, it was a different sound and it was a, uh, it was a different form of worship and it was attractive to me at the time, you know? So I, 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 that's one of the reasons why I left my former church and, and went to the most recent former church. So that still makes sense to you though. Black people are leaving white church. No, that's why black people were leaving black churches, going to white churches. But okay, gotcha. the, the reason why, uh, I guess if we move on from there, as to why blacks were leaving white churches now, um, is, is completely different from those. So the first thing that, that they cited, that the author cited, was that when these unarmed black men were getting killed by officers, white pastors were praying for the law enforcement <laughs> instead of having a prayer for the black community or the families who've lost the victims. Yeah. Yeah. The victims families. And that that's kind of earth shattering to the black community when you, when you're part of a white church like that and you've, you've it just helps that feeling of separation that that you don't belong. You know what I'm saying? I mean, as a white person, I could totally see how that could like. I mean, even as a white person, I'm like, what about like these people lost people? Yeah. Like, these people, not these black people, not these white people, not these yellow people. Like, human beings lost other human beings. Yeah. No one, no one cares about that? We're just going to pray for cop safety? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, I mean, again, I'm, I'm you know, racism <laughs> to me is the weirdest, like, one of the strangest things that we ever dealt with and still do deal with because it's just absurd to me that skin color determines how you're treated or how you react or what you can or can't be a part of or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah, the judgment that's cast and <sighs> so anyway, I do not understand <laughs> because I am a white person, but even as a white person, I could totally see and imagine how, yeah, I mean, I would leave the church too. Yeah. You don't even respect, like, I don't know. It's a hard one, bro. It's a hard pill to swallow because whether you believe that the cops were innocent or guilty, it doesn't matter uh, from, you know, from from their perspective. It's the fact that the black victims aren't getting any love. The victims' families aren't giving in a love. It's almost as if their silence justifies the killings. And you know what I'm saying? It's it's just it's just so convoluted. Yeah. It's so convoluted. It's like, wait a second. Like Trayvon Martin just lost his life. Twenty thirteen. He 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 was. Pr- he wasn't the first one to die at the hands of police by any means. Uh, but I, I don't know. It kind of like started around that time. I think it's been a good five, six years of unarmed black people, men and women, uh, getting killed by cops at an alarming rate over the past six years. So now we're in 2019. Trayvon Martin um, died in 2013, I believe. I believe it was 2013. So since that time, uh, this has been such a high-profile issue, hence the whole Black Lives Matter movement, 
and 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 honestly that's been kind of trumped recently just because of the hashtag me too movement uh all this shit that's been going on in the last six years dude yeah and it hasn't been going away and so yeah I, I agree with praying for our servicemen and women in blue but damn it I'm not gonna not pray for the the victims of the of the of the families of the victims uh, to me it's, it's just a it's a huge oversight and really uh, is telling of where your allegiances lie and it's a shame that you actually have them like it really should be man people are dying and uh, and and there needs to be some reform in this system where black people are getting screwed over and uh, and and talk about it I, I think that's the only way that you're really going to squash the shit is if you're willing to talk about it and then do something about it but if you completely ignore it and, and not say anything about it then frankly it it just feels like you just don't care I don't know yeah that makes sense. <laughs> it does, man. I, I can't speak. I can't speak for every single black person in the world, but I, I, I think that's the general consensus. At least that's how I feel about it. So, and then um, I guess the other thing was that um, a lot of white churches, when it came around to twenty sixteen the uh the election year the the last election year that we had for president you had people white pastors that basically it's really against uh 501c3 bylaws for most nonprofit organizations to to uh to promote a specific candidate but they but we all know that <laughs> exactly. We know that most uh most Christian uh religious right are Republican and are gonna vote that way. Dude and I've gotta stop you because I just thought of a story. So when I went to this one church in Orlando, yeah <clears throat> the way that this pastor found to get around that during an election was I'm not going to stand up here as your pastor and tell you who to vote for. I'm just going to tell you this. Abraham spoke to the burning bush and God used him. And at the time, Bush was running. You feel me? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that is so, so corny. Yes, they fucking find ways to push their... <laughs> political, you know, approvings, I guess you could say. <laughs> and then uh, everyone so in there corny. is like, oh, it's so funny because we know exactly what he's doing. But I was already voting for Bush, you know? Of course they were. Anyway, sorry to interrupt, but that just came no. to my head and I had to share it. That, But, you know, that's exactly it, right? So uh, nobody's stupid. They're going to catch what you're laying down. And, uh... You know, black people have a problem with that. I mean, with homeboy, like, I'm going to grab him by the pussy. And and then you're saying that this is God's man. And he's going to set things right. And it's like, uh, okay, that's really what you believe. Then we've got some problems. And then, you know, they it, actually in the article... It, I can't tell you exactly where, where, but there's this one person who quoted a prophecy, basically, that came across a pulpit from some older white lady that was prophesying, a prophet that was prophesying in this church. And these are mega churches in, like, Texas that, you know, the, the author is following. Um, they basically said that from the pulpit, they prophesied Donald Trump would be president and that he would 
uh, have the he would be God's man, unlike the previous uh, president who wasn't God's man. <laughs> it just so happened to be a Democrat <laughs> and black. Uh, and and then you know this, and they start dogging him, uh, Barack Obama, and praising Donald Trump. And black people are like, wait a second, you're praising this guy who basically spent a year campaigning uh, and talking shit about the previous president, saying that he wasn't even American and, and should have never been allowed to be president. And then spent like the first year of his presidency still trying to investigate the previous president's birth, his birth rate. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? This is your guy? <laughs> yeah. And it's that's the kind of language and shit that you know, and, and then you're you're prophesying saying this is what God says. And the black people in the audience are like, that's not right. <laughs> fuck you, fuck your God, I'm out. Uh. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's shitty, man. And, you know, this might be kind of off topic, but I don't think it is. But, like, I had the chance to talk to someone who um, I love, and they're part of my family now. And um, we were talking about the wall and Trump and, you know, government in general and... Um, this person was mostly, well, definitely leaned pro-Trump, but wasn't all the eggs in the Trump basket, you know? Sure. And I was pretty much the yin, or I should say the yang, to this person's yin. So I was pretty much exactly reversed. I don't think Trump's completely horrible, but I think mostly... He definitely is. <laughs> and we talked about it for a good, you know, hour and some odd minutes. And I heard this person's point of view. They heard mine. And it's interesting to hear, you know, because I, I respect this person. Like, honestly, this person works in uh, a form of government somewhere and... You know, details don't matter, so sorry I'm being vague, but it's for their protection, and who cares? The point is, like, it's cool to hear someone who has probably a little more education than I do around, you know, legislation and politics and government, and to hear this person out and then have them hear me out and then both agree, like, yeah, you know, like, this and this and that and that is shitty and it's horrible and like I wish it was different you know what I'm saying like at the end of the day we both agreed like politicians in general it's all about power and money and most of the time they say what they want to say and need to say to get the votes and then they do what they want to do and stuff doesn't affect them you know yeah like with this last government shutdown High-ranking officials, so what? They go two months without pay? They're <laughs> fucking loaded. You know, like, and then they, you know, they arrogantly say, like, well, this government shutdown shouldn't be that big of a deal because the bank should be hand handing out loans for, you know, the federal workers who aren't getting paid, and those people should just view it as a, all, you, all you're going to do is pay interest on a loan for a few months because you're going to get paid eventually. Like, bitch, people are losing their homes. <laughs> and yeah. Cars are getting repossessed. And, like, there's They're not, not all food rich. on the table. Yeah. Like, lights are getting shut off. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, baby sure. formula can't be purchased. And you're sure. sitting here, like, talking like a pompous uh, bitch? Like, you don't right. even understand life because, you know, you're so freaking privileged. And, anyway, I guess my whole point in all of that is, like, even someone who's pro-Trump, if you talk to him long enough, you kind of get, like, 
yeah, you know what? I thought he was something else. He's proven that he's not. And he's he's kind of a shithead. And he, he's so far removed from reality of working class people, like the people of the United States who he's supposedly governing. He's so far removed. He doesn't care about us. And I just wonder, like, if you talk to people long enough and really get down to their core belief, especially, like, Trump supporters, like, would they still have that outcome or would they, or, sorry, would they have that outcome or would they still stick to their guns of, like, this is the the guy God chose and he is going to do good things and we need to support him no matter what. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are just going to blindly follow, right? I, I, you know, I think that well, the unfortunate part is that a lot of Christians are very singular in their mindset when it comes down to politics. They're, they're, they're one issue voters. You have those that always vote Republican because it's uh, the, the conservative party who was anti-abortion. And so because that one issue was so big to them, they always vote Republican, no matter how shitty the candidate is. You know what I'm saying? Or and then yeah. you've got those that are just like pro-economy, and they're like, you know, Democratic Party is the party for the economy, so I'm going to always vote Democrat. You got those that, that, you know, on both sides, really, but I find that a lot of Christians that I know that are Republican are, uh, and I'm not trying to lump everybody in the same, you know, basket but a lot of them are just single issue voters and and it's unfortunate uh, because most of the time that single issue still isn't even researched for them to understand fully enough to be able to vote that way and so they're not going to change and um, and it's a shame it really is uh, yeah you know, but you know, hey, people, people get alienated and people get hurt as a result, and uh, and unfortunately, there are a whole lot of black people leaving these white churches and groves just just to get back to that, only because because people are in these churches are are losing sight of what the church is really supposed to be and do. You you. Yeah. Uh, mentioned it earlier how churches are to be communities and communities don't necessarily have to be made up of just one race all the people look the same talk the same act the same blah 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 it, it community can be so much broader than that should be so much broader than that uh because according to scripture right i mean the church is multifaceted like a diamond Many faces Shine bright too. like a diamond. <laughs> you would. Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's it. There's no Jew or Gentile. There's no black or white. There's no this, no that. We're all believers and therefore children of God. But we don't see each other the way that God sees us, and this is the problem. Can yeah. we get satisfyingly deep for a second? So the fact is, is that, that that you're right. When you were saying earlier that if this kind of racism exists in the church, then maybe they're not truly Christians. Because the fact is that, and we've talked about this before, how Jesus says, how can you love your brother who, how can you love God who you don't see when you can't love your brother who you do see? It's contradictory to our faith and to uh, what we consider to be the character of God. It's completely contrary to it. Preach so, we, <laughs> so when we lose sight of the fact that we are all the same in the eyes of God and that all of us are born into sin, uh, that we are alienated from his love and from his provisions and whatever else from his umbrella and 
and that it is nothing more than his grace. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm trying to work here, brother. <laughs> the fact is, is that the thing that we all have in common is the grace of God, and that is that none of us deserve it, but we all get it just because we're, we're, we're made in his image and in his likeness. And we forget that. So we, we look at the surface and we forget that deep down inside, if you are a believer in God, then we are all made in his image and his likeness. And frankly, to hate me because of the exterior that you see, it's just you hating yourself on the inside. You're one and the same because we're all made in his image and in his likeness. So I, I think that the, the, the only way that this kind of racism and bullshit that exists in the church, the, the bigotry and the, the only way that it's really going to change is if people really become saved. And that's a hard pill to swallow, but I, I honestly think, yeah, like really get to know the God that you claim that you love because it is impossible for you to love the God that you don't see and hate the brother that you do. Rant over. You know what's crazy, too, is like people, it seems, let me just preface this, it seems that people view becoming a Christian or becoming saved as like a one-time prayer, a one-time hey, I was, a, I was addicted to all this shit, and then I feel something funny in me, and I'm going to accept Christ. I'm going to try this thing, and now I don't have those urgings or whatever, and I'm saved. Cool, man. That's awesome. Like, that's cool testimony. But it doesn't stop there. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I said this prayer, now I can do what I want. Sure, I don't, you know, I was an alcoholic. Now I don't drink anymore. That doesn't make you saved. Non-Christians do that shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. people forget that there's this relationship. There's this, like, discovery. There's this, I don't know, maybe reading the fucking Bible. Like, basic instructions before leaving Earth. You remember that stupid acronym? Ooh, that was yeah. lame, bro. You brought that back, huh? It's lame, but it's not lame. Like, the whole message I feel like that we can take away from that acronym of Bible, basic instructions before leaving Earth, is that you need to read it. Like, you need to discover. Like, it's a. When you're a Christian and you accept Christ, there's a journey now. It's not a one stop, like. When you buy a car. This might be corny as hell, but whatever. I've had two drinks. And they're really stiff. That's all. That's all. Come on. When you buy a car and you fill it up with a tank of gas once, you're not set until it dies. You're not set until you don't need the car ever again. You have to continually fill the tank with gas, which means it requires work. You have to pay someone, you have to pump the gas, you have to go find the gas station. Like, there's some work involved here, you know what I mean? You have to maintain this thing that you're invested in. Why do people not see that as Christianity? And again, that's super cheesy and weird, and maybe it doesn't make sense, but I think it really does, because you have to continually fill the tank, you know what I mean? Like, that's why prayer, like, even when you read the Bible... Read the New Testament, and if you can't like agree on this one thing that I'm about to say, you haven't read the New Testament. But every time Jesus turned around, he was fucking going to pray. He was going to be with Jesus or God. He was going to talk to the Father. He was refilling his tank because he did a lot of service. He did a lot of miracles. He did a lot of forgiving. He did a lot of preaching and teaching and like being with people and just hanging out with people and not judging them and. That takes a lot out of you. So you have to go fill yourself up so that you can redo it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. People, I, I, I feel like people forget or don't understand, like, it's not just about a prayer. Like, now you have to work. <laughs> Being a Christian isn't easy. It's not about the lights at a church. It's not about how hot or cold it is at the church or how many times you pay tithe or how many times you go above and beyond tithe because you've been blessed, brother. <laughs> it's not about any <laughs> of that shit. Like, if you have not love for your neighbor, for your friend, like you said, if you can't love who you can see, how can you love who you can't see? Preach, preach. I totally agree, bro. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. People forget, man. Yeah. You chose like you chose the narrow path that's hard and rough and not the wide one that everyone takes and is easy. Don't yeah. lose sight of that, man, because it's so easy to lose sight of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I lose sight of it sometimes and I'm like, shit, I've been a horrible person. And I've been a horrible Christ follower. <laughs> but that's okay. Get back on that narrow path. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, work. keep marching along. That's right. That's it. You want to drive yeah, a Bucati? You... you better work, bitch. You know that song? <laughs> Look good in a bikini. <laughs> Some Britney Spears up in them, uh, brah. Yeah. I can dig it, bro. You you hit the nail on the head. I like the gas tank analogy, because the fact is, is that yeah, you can't keep moving forward unless you keep refilling the tank. And um, and I I don't want to confuse work with grace. I mean, obviously, we know that we're saved by grace, not by works. Hundred percent. But but maturity and working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You know, recognizing that as God that works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure, right? That's uh, Philippians chapter 2. The, the fact is, uh, the fact is, is that you have to, all of that says that you have to allow him to keep putting in you in order for anything to come out of you. You know, and, and that's, when we cut ourselves away from God, that's when we start depleting our resources. And eventually you're going to hit zero. You're going to hit empty. And then your true colors are going to going to shine through. Which I don't want my true colors to shine through. I don't want, uh, you know, sin nature to take over. I don't want to be a, a prisoner of sin, right? I want to be a, a prisoner of righteousness. I want to be so bound to success and pleasing God that that uh that nothing will be able to stop me from putting a smile on his face you know because I continue to let him fill me continue to let him feed me continue to fill my tank so I can keep moving forward and it's a lesson that's not taught man but you're absolutely right dude it's a lesson that every Christian needs to learn and it'll be so much easier to overcome hatred and racism and bigotry and all the other bullshits that you, that you struggle with if you stay connected to the one that you say that you believe in. Yeah. Because the one that you say that you're connected to, that you, the one that you say that you believe in is the one that's going to cause us to be connected and have a a, a, fulfill, a fulfilling relationship, a community where we can help each other, where we can feed off each other, where we could, you know, be be strong for one another and be support for one another, regardless of the race. Because that's what a community does. Communities do life together. That is the definition of a community. They do life Man, together. They share life together. It's so crazy that you're saying this because just last night, <clears throat> well, evening time, Brooke and I were at dinner, and which I had this awesome flounder sandwich, Ugh. and she had these like Maui tacos. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> you know what I mean? Woo! All right, we're already <laughs> jealous. Come on. Anyway, we were talking about like church and community, and you know, like so. 
when we were in uh, Atlanta, we hung out with my friend Chad and uh, his girlfriend Megan and A.A. Ron, my boy, my missionary boy, and uh, his wife Heather. And we're all just chatting and like they're a part of this church that's like, I know we dog a lot of church stuff and we're obviously our podcast is called Unchurched. And that's because Classic. we're just so done with church structure and the bullshit of it, right? Correct. Not the body of Christ, the actual church, but the Americanized church. Anyway, yep. so we're talking about this church they, they're going to, and, like, dude, they're one of those churches who are, like, doing it, like, right. You know what I mean? They've got the community. They've got, like, the outreach thing. And I don't know, man. They're... They're willing to discuss things that, like, they're, they maybe not agree on, but they can biblically bring, you know, arguments to, and then, oh, well, now we're learning. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just so cool. And so Brooke and I were talking about that, and it's like, you know, I miss that part of church. Like, I miss that part of a community where, you know, I can say, like, hey, that's fucking bullshit. Here's a verse. Here's this whole, you know, lesson, basically, of, like, this is why I believe what I do. And then yeah. they can come and say, well, I'm not scared of that. Here's why I believe what I believe. And then in the dialogue, we, like, we're discovering. We're sharpening. You know, like, we're, we're, we're being Christ to each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, that community, bro... If you are a part of or can find that type of community in Christianity, hold on to that shit, man. And eat it the fuck up. Because, like, back home, we don't have that. We have the typical, you know, just go through the motions church. And it's like, I don't want any of that. Yeah. So, thanks for having me, but I won't ever come back here. (laughs) No, totally get it. And totally get it. Man, that community, like, that's something I hope that we can cultivate one day, maybe through a podcast or maybe an online presence or, I don't know, even in our own community, like, physical communities. But, like, I, I'm i glad that, you know, you and me, Michael, have that where we can debate stuff and talk about stuff and agree and disagree and you know, yeah. see each other's mindset and then back it up with scripture and be like, oh, okay, I get it. Or, oh, okay, this is why, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, man. It's just like that, that is so cool. And I, I really think that's what Jesus wants. That's what God's goal is for Christians and non Christians alike. And then Christian, like, faith in Jesus is going to come. You know what I mean? No doubt. Like, no doubt. when the truth goes out, it doesn't come back void. That's biblical. Right. And that's that's cool, and preacher. I don't know where I'm going with that anymore. So, Preach, preacher! <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It, it is the truth. Um, and it's just sad that, like, black people... Orange people, pink people, Mexicans, Asians, like whatever, are leaving churches because pastors don't truly at least show that they love people. They only love right. certain people. And that's, that's shitty, man. And I say, leave that fucking church. Yep. And let God Not judge them one day because he will. <laughs> It starts at the house of God. Yep. Uh, you know, for, for me, I think that community is what the idea of the church is supposed to be anyway, not what we have here in our Western culture. It's just that simple. We've missed the boat as to what we're supposed to be. Completely missed the boat. Again, I agree, but only on a grand scale because, like I said, I mean, there's people that are doing it. 
Sure. Yes. 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 And I'm. I'm. Thank you. I'm not trying to negate those who are actually doing it right. You know, they're doing it right, and God bless them. I'm glad they're doing it right. Uh. But I mean, there's just so many people that are in need, and the church as a whole is so silent here in the West. Like, no wonder people are leaving churches and joining yeah. the unchurched. You Black, know? white, purple, orange. Regardless of the race. Yeah. I just think that it's interesting that, you know, that article, it, you know, obviously sparked a good conversation. I, I, you know, it's... But you know what? It, if that, If these churches in Texas these specific churches that, that were these people were coming out of, if they actually had something uh, where available for, you know, these people that are part of their congregation to be able to like have a conversation with them. And even if it didn't come from the pastor, you know, whatever, if it can come from the congregants, I, I think it probably would have been a little bit better. I mean, because, you go to a church, you don't have community with the pastor. You have community with the people, right? For the most part. Yeah, mostly. So, uh, you know, people should have, you know, gone around them and, uh, and, and, and been loving and been caring and, and asked questions like, what could we do better? What, how can we help you? How do you feel? You know, what What are you going through? What's what's your mind thinking like you're you're a black person in a sea of white people and all this shit is happening. What are you what are you thinking? You know, um, but that's that kind of shit just doesn't happen. It's a fairy tale. So. Um, I don't know. Well, that one dude's trying to change it because he's going to an all white place. Being like, yo, bitches, I'm here. Uh, and I'm queer. I'm just kidding. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Not only am I black, but I'm gay. And I love Jesus. Mind blown. That's awesome, first of all. That is completely awesome. I'm here and I'm clear. Oh. All right, brother. Good combo, bro. Yeah. And very, I'm very serious. You and you and your wife should totally record. If you can, if you think you can re recreate like a good enough dialogue about that, I would love to hear it. And I'm sure other people would as well. Even if it's like a 20, 30 minute short one or something, you know? Because the fact of the matter is yeah. she's white, you're black, you're married, and there's a whole different dynamic of... I'm white, you're black, and we're friends. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, there. I mean, there's a huge difference. Hell, she sleeps in my bed. Well, that's <laughs> another thing. I was going to say, she, you know, and, you know, you guys are married, and, like... Anyway, I, I just... I, I would love to hear uh, that combo. So if you can yeah. do it again in front of mics, we should put it out, man, for sure. All right. Well, we'll see. By the way, she would say, we sleep in our bed, not I sleep in your bed. And that's how a lot of our conversations go. I say something dogmatic and like male chauvinistic, and then she corrects me. It's good <laughs> times. Very good times. Um, but yeah, good conversation, brother. Um, okay. All right, let's wrap it up because I got to shoot a move. All right, man. Well, I'm going to go back to my sunbathing beauty and <laughs> drinking. Yeah. Have a couple for me, please. Foe, And be on the lookout for my day snaps. Strong. Yeah. I'll be jealous with everyone, I'm sure. So. <laughs> All right, man. We'll, uh, we'll take us out. It's been Yeezer. real. Happy birthday, Laurel. Happy birthday. Peace. 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 
Hey everybody, it's Laurel, the self-appointed fan club president. You can visit Unchurched Podcast at unchurchedpodcast.wordpress.com or at Unchurched Pod on Twitter and Instagram. See you there.